You're listening to the Bible Belt Bros podcast with my dad and his dumb friend. Enjoy! Thank you for tuning in to Bible Belt Bros podcast. We're actually kind of surprised you guys are still listening to us. Yeah, but it's a thank you. Yes. Especially to those of you who keep coming back. That's a rarity. (laughs) Uh, Today we're going to start out with a complaint section or a segment. Some of you guys might be listening to the Real Life podcast with our bros over there, Joe, Johnny, and Mark, and they have a little complaint section by Johnny. So we're going to kind of mimic that today, inspired by Johnny Complains. So we're going to complain about a few of our things that we have to deal with so far. I guess I'll start us out, Dusty, since I only have one complaint. Okay. All right, so today I got a phone call from my financial institution that my card, my debit card, had fraud on it or had detected fraud. And I have no idea how because I don't ever use my card on the Internet or anything. I did have one out-of-ordinary shop that I went to, kind of what my financial institution said is, uh, you know, that shop, because it is more of an older shop, maybe they had outdated equipment. Anyways, somebody in the Bronx, New York City, um, cloned... New York City? Yeah. They cloned my card and went to Target this morning and spent $434. My financial institution... Green Country Federal Credit Union called me before the fraud detection actually called me. Oh wow! And so I called because they hit they uh, the credit union called me first and gave me the phone number to fraud. I called fraud and gave them my card number and they told me about it. Needless to say, I am so mad because I have the very first card issued out of this batch. So I have. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight zeros, and then one digit. Nobody else has eight zeros and one digit. So now my card is canceled. I can no longer use this card number. We'll get another card from a batch that's already been handed out. Someone has some hot, stupid high number. Yeah, that uh, is terrible. And it's a folds of honor card. So a portion of my proceed or a portion of my purchases goes towards a military uh, organization. Well, hopefully a $400 purchase will... No, because that got declined. Oh, yeah. Fraud caught it. Well, the problem is most likely that guy or girl is not going to have any I'm hoping they got arrested because fraud caught it and the purchase did not go through. Well, and that's possible, but I know, like... My dad had a card, credit card stolen from inside the house, and there's only a couple people and really only one person that has issues with theft and stealing and drugs and stuff. And, and they, my dad was like, I can tell you where they're at right now. And they're like, uh, we just write it. we'll just write it off. It's not a big deal. Just know that it came from within your house and to probably better protect yourself. Those kind of things frustrate me because, like, dude, I could have used $2,500. That would have been nice. But no. All right. And fraud didn't really detect it because it wasn't wasn't in New York. Well, it wasn't out of the norm because it could have happened here in Tulsa and just been out of the norm. Yeah. 
and uh, so like if it got used, say at um, Target, where <laughs> where it's used. true Target because <laughs> I don't ever go to Target, but my wife does, and our accounts are linked, so that wouldn't work. But say like a uh, Priscilla's. <laughs> That's but, not normal for you. No, I don't use Priscilla's. I use uh, Desiree's. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just said some name. <laughs> Desiree. I like. I give the charity. Not the stripper, but the... (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dusty, what are your complaints? (laughs) My first complaint is about Spotify. Um, I had to DJ a kid's party with your daughter because I could not say no. Right. Well, you could have, but... I, I, I think I tried to say no like four times. My wife is persistent. She is. And so I said yes. And I Idiot. mean it was it was fun. I don't mean I don't want to, like I had a good time. It was just And you got paid. Yeah. I, I got paid a little bit, so that worked. Hey, I didn't get paid. And I, I did all the talking. And you and I I talked you into talking. Well you didn't talk to me, I just said I would. <laughs> just did it. <laughs> anyway, so to to I haven't DJed stuff in a while, so I don't have like a huge music library anymore. And especially with, like, Kids Bop and stuff, you know, because it's really scary what you throw online or throw over the speakers nowadays. You don't want to offend any parents and stuff. And so I, I downloaded Spotify so I could get all this Kids Bop music and uh, got the premium, you know, first month free. And so I was like, sweet, I'll just get this for this one day and then I'll remember to delete it. And I did actually remember to unsubscribe. So you click wow. your Spotify. I never remember. I never do either. My wife kept reminding me. <laughs> Let's throw that out there. So I'm clicking through the unsubscribe, and there's like five or six like different continues on this page. And finally I get to a page that says, we're sorry, we hope you come back. Making it seem like it was done, and I couldn't find anything else to click on. And so, okay, unsubscribed. And... Uh, all of a sudden, a couple weeks later, there's a $10 charge on my account. My wife's like, you forgot to unsubscribe from Spotify. And I was like, no, I didn't. I totally did it. And so, needless to say, there was one more like really hidden link that I had to click on to fully unsubscribe to Spotify. So, I'm $10 poor. Because of that minor detail. So I just hate that. I just wanted to unsubscribe. Why does it take so hard? Why is it so hard to unsubscribe from Spotify? Stupid. It is. I hate trying to unsubscribe some, from stuff. And, uh, you know, when you go to, like, some stores, like Stage, you know, they try to enroll you in magazines. Stage? Stage, yes. My wife goes there. They actually have some decent clothes, very cheap. Like, name brand clothes, like Calvin Klein, Nike, Adidas. I think my sister shops at Stage. I I actually like the store. My wife shops there all the time because they have so many specials and deals coming on. It's it's really not a deal if you end up buying more than you would have spent. But I don't. (laughs) I I buy, like, triple what I was going to buy and still spend less than what I would have spent. And that's a good deal. Because there's some people, like, they have a problem where they're like – it, it was on sale, so they buy, like, 30 things that you will never need. Right. But no, 
I, only thing I buy there are clothes and shoes. And uh, anyways, so they always enroll you in magazines or try to. And sometimes if the cashier's not honest, they enroll you. It's an automatic. Yeah. yeah. And then I, you know, I, I start all of a sudden getting these magazines in the mail and then they auto subscribe. And I'm like, what the crap? I forgot to unsubscribe from this. So, anyways. And then a month later, you think of it again. You're like, dang it. Yeah, when I get the ma- next yeah, magazine. When you get the next magazine, you're like, dang it. So, all right. Moving on. One last thing I have to complain about. And obviously, I'm the guy that complains about more things. So, naturally, I have two. You're just the guy who talks more. I'm going to complain about pink eye. Okay, so. Poop in your eye? Something like that. I woke up last weekend. And I'm already, like, kind of sensitive when it's bright outside. And in Oklahoma, it's, like, woke up. Like, even a day like today, I woke up, and I was just like, oh, it's so bright. I'm trying to drive, and I can't see, you know, can't keep my eyes open. And um, so I had that problem. But it was, like, then I went and saw Kung Fu Panda 2 in theaters, and, like, I couldn't keep my eyes open on that either. Like, it was so painful. And my eyes were red, so I took out my contacts. Anyways, look, my wife's WebMDing it, trying to figure out what it is. You know, we first started at Pink Eye because my eye is pink, but that was the only really thing I had. I didn't really have – I had more pain than I did anything. And so I go to the gym, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's Pink Eye. It's Pink Eye. You know, you got poop in your eye type of thing. So I go to the eye doctor, and he's like, oh, no, just you sleep with your contacts in, and you're just – you get a little ulcer in your eye, no big deal. And so I was like, well, that's what I've been telling everybody. <laughs> like, the only symptom of a pink eye I have is that my eye is pink. You know, I don't have any of the crustiness, any of that other crap that goes along with it. So just people diagnosing pink eye unsuccessfully without all the facts, I guess. You mean <laughs> armchair doctors aren't accurate? No, but see, I was going to go to the ER, but I was like, I really need to go to an eye doctor. One, I, need, I don't have a pair of glasses, so I was completely blind. But two, it was just like they could actually look in there a little bit more. Because I, I thought I had scratched my eye with my contacts is what I had thought of other things that I've read. And I was pretty much right. You know, we've been friends for a long time, and I always forget you wear glasses. Yeah, I I never – I haven't owned a pair of glasses in a few years. So I just bought some, so I'm going to look like a hipster. Like the the Westbrook glasses? Something like that. I mean, I'm white, so I can't pull that look off as well. But they are like the black frames. like the Yeah. And just glass. Not even corrected lenses. Yeah, not even, <laughs> there's not even any lenses in there at all. Right. I couldn't afford the lenses, so I just bought the glasses. Just bought the frame. <laughs> I should Good complain job. about that. Man, glasses are so, so darn expensive. They are true. But oh. I used to, like I was telling the guy, the eye doctor, because, I mean, this is like hundreds of dollars that we just spent on the glasses alone. What? Yeah. You got some cruddy insurance. Well, well, our insurance, we, we have a Benny card also with our insurance. We had a $500 limit. So our insurance wasn't going to pick up until a couple months later. And so I still got to get contacts in. So I'll just use it for that. What is a Benny card? Oh, benefit? Yeah, it's called a Benny, Benny card. But it's, it's like we have a $500 to spend on medicine or whatever we need to spend gotcha. on. Gotcha. So it's actually, it's more, it's 1500 I think, and then 500 of it rolls over. 
Izzy, you know, or her eye condition. So we have to buy her special glasses that mm-hmm. have the transition lenses. They don't cost that much. Well, well I mean, they cost like two, three hundred dollars. Well, that's what I told my my eye doctor. I was like, dude, I used to go to like the cheapo depot eye places, and it was like two pair of glasses for ninety nine dollars. But I also look like a complete idiot for my whole life. We have to go to a specialist because of her eye issue, mm. and we go to his. Uh, eyeglass place that's in his lobby. And yeah. It's actually not bad. Well, and it wouldn't, like, we, I mean, my my wife ended up buying them, and she just spoils me. So she uh, bought, like, the nice, she picked out the nice frames, and then she bought the non-glare lenses and all that extra stuff what to brand? add on. What brand frames? I don't even know. I was, seriously, I was there and I was blind, and I'm trying to try on glasses, and my wife's not with me, so I'm, like, texting her pictures, and then she's like, ask the girls at the front desk. It was just one of those, like, I just want to go. <laughs> this is so weird and embarrassing. I keep taking selfies of myself and saying it to my wife. I think we got to figure it out. All right, I'm done complaining. Let's, let's start complaining about this book, shall we? All right, let's do it. We're moving on to Chapter 9 this week. You know what's funny, Andrew, is you sometimes you roll into like this radio guy voice, like, all right, so here we go, chapter nine. You know what it is, actually? <laughs> it's my uh, Sandite TV voice. Yeah, you do like a, people who don't know what Sandite TV is, you do like a play-by-play for a local high school team, right? Right. It's a internet TV that I do, as Dusty said, the play-by-play for our local high school football team. And then I have a buddy of mine who does a color commentary. And so you don't talk like how you're talking now when you do that. You you talk like like I put on a radio voice. Yeah. If you call it. Yes. And I don't know why it just happened. So you don't really do that on this podcast, but then sometimes you'll just break into that. Like it, if you do a transitional statement, you usually break that break into it with your transitional Art. radio voice. Right. <laughs> yeah, and it's just a deeper voice and. I, I don't know. I guess I had, you know, in my younger days, I had a little bit of radio training. And so I think that's where it comes from. Radio training. Yeah, um, and I'm not going to expand on that. <laughs> yeah. Just know, I before I was 14, I was running, I could run a radio station. And I did run a radio station a few times. So that's where I'm going to leave that at. Let's move on to this book, Chapter 9, Baptisms and the Lord's Supper. Diluting the sacraments? You don't like I don't Mr. like Frankie. Frankie. I don't like Frankie. No. Matter of fact, I'm going to call him Mr. Viola because he is not my friend. <laughs> it's not, we're not on first name basis anymore. No. You <laughs> might be, Dusty. Okay, we started this podcast, and I think this is a perfect example of what we need. We need discussion. Just because you don't agree with Frankie doesn't mean that he doesn't have some valid points. It's not that I don't agree with him. It's he takes everything to the extreme, okay. and he's so negative. But he does make some valid That's points. That's what we were, did not want this. And it's fostering conversation. And it so does. That I agree with. I think that that's the point, is some of us are just so against talking about it. If you even mention that maybe the church is doing something wrong, they get super offended. Right. And we've experienced that, especially two weeks ago, we experienced that hardcore. Exactly. And, and I'm like, dude. We look throughout the whole Bible, the Israelites always took God's system and messed it up. And then we're too proud to think that maybe that there's no way that we can do the exact same thing. 
Like, come on. Like, like there's got there's things that we're not doing right. That's just you know that that's the the problem is we don't know how to change it. Right, and we don't know actually what is right. Exactly. Like, and there's so it's not that we, we don't. Like it's just like with anything. Like you, you ask one pastor about speaking in tongues, and it, it's a foolish thing. It's against it. The Bible's clearly negative towards it. And then you ask another pastor, and it's a great, great tool in worship in in connection with God. And so that frustrates me a little bit, you know, because you can with tithing, you can do the same thing. You ask one pastor, and he might say it this way, and the other pastor sees it this way. Real and, quick, oh. on that note. My dad never did call us and complain, he so didn't. we must not have made him mad. Or he's just so mad that he just went to this statement I, of he's no longer our friend either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna this say kid that he, I adopted. <laughs> he, I'm gonna say he's not mad because he would let me know in a heartbeat. And um, my dad's not the traditional pastor. Obviously, you know that. So he yeah. and he's not going to preach doctrine. That he doesn't agree with. So, the Bible faith and or the Baptist faith and message. Right. That's what I would grow up grew up listening to. I'm like slurring my words today. It's terrible. Are you drunk? No. Okay. Like like Paul said in Acts, it's only nine a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but second opinion says that's okay. There was there was a poll that. Uh, our pastor put out because they're doing a staff meeting. I can't remember what why they did the poll, but it was about is eating hot dogs at 9 a.m. too early? Is it too early to eat hot dogs? I'm in my right. mind. I'm like, that's like asking, is it too early to start drinking? You know, just that. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's like, not. It's okay, I do agree that there is a too early to start drinking. <laughs> I do not agree that it's too early to start eating hot dogs. Okay, well, this one guy I follow for my fantasy uh, addiction podcast stuff is that. He's he wakes up at 2 a.m. when his friends are leaving the bars. He's like, so is that too early to start drinking? Because for them, they're still drinking. For me, I'm just getting started in my day. Which is yes. funny. I would say that's too early. That, that's what I said. I was like, eh, you should probably get some stuff done first. <laughs> right. Don't be giving me advice <laughs> after I mean, you've been drinking before you even had breakfast. <laughs> obviously – you wake up at 2 a.m., most likely because you have a job, so you must get your job done and then start drinking. So, Well, he's just a blogger. That's his job. Well, then definitely get your <laughs> job done. That's why I was like, get you, get the good stuff out so I can make some money before you. I don't want drunk advice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't listen to Dusty when he's drunk. <laughs> oh, I don't remember what started this <laughs> whole thing, but – yeah. Actually, I don't even rem- <laughs> I don't know if I've ever been around you when you're drunk. If you've even been drunk. I've been drunk a few times. Once was at your house, but you were also drunk. I was going to say I must've been drunk first. That was probably the worst I was 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 after getting a divorce, kind of going through that pain. Oh, you're welcome. Then. Yeah, so Andrew, let me drink at his house and we can even bring your wife on if we wanted to explain that story, but I I just laugh all the time when I get like that. Dude, I don't remember this. I ended up crawling to bed, and your wife saw me, like, giggling every time. I I would take, like, a crawl, and I'd fall down and giggle, and I'd take another step. Yeah. Uh, All right. I must have been gone because I don't remember that (laughs) at all. 
deathbed. Like you had left for you said I'll be right back, and then he never came back. <laughs> so I'm a smart drunk. <laughs> I go to bed. That was years ago, but. So you're saying I'm stupid now? <laughs> uh, I'm just saying I don't live with you, so I won't know how to. I don't even remember last time I was drunk. So, anyways, let's get off this drinking portion. <laughs> Obviously, we believe in drinking. <laughs> I wouldn't say it like that. That's... We believe every American should drink. <laughs> no, that's not... no. We'll have a separate <laughs> podcast on drinking since we're talking about it so much. I brew my own homemade stuff too. He uses Dr. Pepper and it's actually not really yet. I haven't. I'm not none a of those that I yet. had had Dr. Pepper. No. I thought yes. It did. You said you put Dr. Pepper no, in that one. No, that's my plan. Oh. I, I don't know the recipe yet. I haven't come up with it yet. Gotcha. Anyways, his homebrews are pretty darn good. Thank you. Yeah, I like them. So let's move back to back I'm actually to brewing. Sense. I'm actually starting a brew with my wife. It's it's what we do kind of on our date night is we do a brew. And so I'm. that's what I'm doing when I go home today. Heck yeah. Today's brew day. Nice. But let's go back to baptisms and the Lord's oh, Supper. The, the book. Yeah, let's go back to the book. So the book talks about the baptism being, uh, you know, back in the day, back in Jesus' day. Um, JC. JC. Baptism was an outward confession, or actually wasn't even an internal confession of your relationship with Christ. So today we have, you know, this, the prayer of salvation or the salvation's prayer or the sinner's prayer, whatever you and your church call it. That's what we have to identify ourselves as a Christian. You know, back in the day when JC was walking, mm. he uh, they would baptize, and that is how they would come to Christ. Well, yes, like you'll you'll hear preachers say, "There's no magic words; just repeat after me." And, There's no uh, magic words, but say these magic words, <laughs> right? And so, the idea is that your heart is changing, and so there's there's a lot of times where. Um, people say those magic words and they're not going to heaven. You right. Know? There's because their heart has never actually changed. You know. Um. And you know when you're baptized or when you're a Christian and when you're not. You know. You personally, you're about the only one that knows if you are serious with that. God works, does incredible things in your life when you truly give your life to Him. So if you if you said that prayer, but you're still doing the same stuff that you were the day before, you probably were not serious. Right, and it's just it's a hard issue. The the prayer is just to help you put your what you're feeling into words to express it to God. And in the days of Jesus, that was the the position of baptism was to be baptized with or without anybody watching. You know, there was a time where it was just, uh, what was, it, what was his name? Oh, Jesus. No, it wasn't Jesus. But there was a time where somebody got baptized. It was just them two. And he was like, here's some water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I don't know who. You're... I can't remember his name. But, um, but so that sometimes we get baptized and it's like a big spectacle, like bring your friends and family. And that's really not what it's about either. Um, but it's just a symbolic thing of like, hey, this is what I'm doing with my life and with my heart. And so, yeah. Let me ask you this, Andrew. Can you go to heaven and, and not have yet been baptized? Yes. What? 
I, I agree. <laughs> I know. I I'm, I'm, must not be Baptist because I believe that. Actually, I must not follow any denomination because I believe that. Okay, can you go to heaven and not have said the sinner's prayer? Yes. What? I know, right? I agree. <laughs> because words is not what makes you, it does not determine if you go to heaven or not. Can you be baptized and yet not go to heaven? Yes. What? <laughs> Sorry, I'm having too much fun over here. Yeah, I think, yeah, and the same goes for the other question. So, All right, so here it is. Ask Google. Hey. Yes, we're going to bring that segment back real quick. Uh, really, I just wanted to find out who said that. It was just a eunuch. I mean, just a eunuch. Let, who was with him, though? Was uh, it, was okay. It Let me read this passage. Do it. Uh, hold Philip. up. Paul starts with a P. Um, priest. Piper. Okay. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said— Who's they? I don't know. That's it the doesn't... question. All right, it, this is Acts 36, so let me go to Acts 35. Philip. Yes! The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. So Philip led this guy to Christ. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to the to stop the chariot. Then both <laughs> Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip got baptized. So... Okay, you know, back then, you know, as Frankie, or sorry, as Mr. Viola claims, <laughs> as he claims, as was fact-checked by George Barna, uh, it was your, this was your confession of belief. But at this point, you know, he had already dedicated his life to Christ and decided that he wanted to follow follow Christ. And so was this baptism necessary, Dusty? I think it was just one of those, like, personal, I'm doing this. I think it was just the the it, way of the the way of life back then, and it, so I believe at this point he was already dedicated to Christ, and he didn't have to be baptized, but he did that because that was the ritual. I don't know if it's just a ritual. You know, you see John the Baptist was baptizing people before Jesus, and about, correct, it's a sign was, of repentance, right? And I think that's all it is. is but like, nobody listen, was there I'm, to witness this, so how would people know that he got? There's really he's. They now have to take Philip's word that the eunuch gave his life to Christ. Well, I, I'm I'm not saying we're being baptized so other people can see. I think that we kind of do that today. No, but, but that's what the book suggests. Oh, it did. Yep. <laughs> Dusty, did you prepare? No. The book suggested that the there was no Jesus never said, um, "All right, everybody, bow your heads after feeding five thousand people." This is true, but what the book says. Mr. Viola's book says is that it was it was your confession of your your repentance and that you would then follow Jesus. In front, and that was so everybody everybody could see it. It was your outward confession. It was your public display of affection for Jesus. Correct. But here, um, here obviously the eunuch. Only, only Philip was. Pre well, I guess you know he had his chariot driver. He and if he has a driver, he. But probably even has now, security. if there's five people in a church service that sees you get baptized, 
I mean, they're still going to have to explain to other people that you're a follower. There wasn't Facebook back then. That's true. There wasn't this share this post. There wasn't even Facebook when I got baptized, Dustin. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. There was, was there MySpace? There might have been MySpace. Yes, there was MySpace. Yep. Yes. Wow, MySpace. Mm. I think I still have a MySpace. I don't. My wife does. I don't. It's old, but I like I logged in there like a year ago, and I was like, "There's this guy that wanted me to come play at some concert." And then I looked at it. It was like, "Oh, it's like two years old." <laughs> <laughs> hey, sorry, just getting back to you. <laughs> Been busy. <laughs> Have you done that concert yet? I'm interested. <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> I see the points of there not being like a come to Jesus prayer and then baptism days or weeks or whenever afterwards. I just think it's a different time. I do think it's easier now to say a prayer and, and with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed and raising your hand that that was um, easier to give your life today now or supposedly say this prayer. Because people are ashamed? Yeah, well, because they're not taking a stand for Christ. They're still, you know, I find that silent, so stupid. silently Sorry. doing it. My blunt I'm very blunt, if anybody doesn't know me. I am very, very blunt. I just think it's stupid, you know, that if you don't have the boldness to raise your hand when people's eyes are open, you probably don't have the boldness to follow Christ. Well, there... Say it, Dusty. Yes and no. Like, I don't... I go to Celebrate Recovery, and there's times where, like, I don't want to get up in front of everybody, especially when you're first there. Like, you feel like everybody's going to judge me for doing They are going to, Dusty. Yeah, and the church is known to judge people. Yeah, it's life. It's what we do. That is life, Dusty. People are going to judge, but you don't do this for people. You do this for yourself, and you do this for Christ. So do you have to do it in front of everybody? That's the question. No. Exactly. So so you're you're arguing the fact that we're – we're not making no, people I am stand up arguing the, the fact that it is stupid that we ask everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads just so somebody doesn't get embarrassed for Christ. That's what I'm arguing. Really? If you're embarrassed to be shown that you're in a body of believers, what the- of all people, places, a body of believers, everybody there is to is there to worship God. Stop yelling at me. No. I get that, but sometimes it's to take that first step you, where we kind of baby people a little bit or we try to help them make we it We coddle easier. way too much in this society, and that is we not do. what we need. I saw a quote on Facebook from a guy that he's one of the overseers in our church. He is a part of the North American Mission Board. Anyways, he said, sometimes workers are more consumed with counting baptisms than making baptisms count. It was a quote from Nick Ripkin. The insanity of obedience, and that I, I I saw that and I was like, man, that's that's kind of the truth. As I as I look through, I think that's more than kind of. That is the truth. I I mean, well, churches aren't aren't really doing their job, and and not even churches. You know, we okay, the body of the church, so us, we're not necessarily doing our jobs to make those count. But how, do, how do we make them build, count? Churches as a building, they want those so that their numbers look good. To them, it's a numbers game. Well, how do we make baptisms count? Really, we need a disciple. 
That's what we need to do. That's how we make them uh, count. We, you know, if we have to have a class, you know, our last church, you know, and I am not condoning anything they do by no means because obviously it's a last church, our last church for a reason. We're not there anymore. Uh, but they actually had a, a discipleship program, and I like that. And other churches have a discipleship program in which new believers can go through these classes. Like, uh, you know, Life Church, let's use them. They give out a what's next kit. Right. To anybody who, you know, raises their hand while your eyes are closed and your head is bowed. I don't even think they raise their hand. No, they don't. You're right. They don't. Because we're too ashamed <laughs> to admit that we want to believe in Christ. Uh, but they have a what's next kit. And uh, matter of fact, I have one right here. Did you get saved at Life Church? No, I just wanted to see what was in it. Oh, so you, you probably got counted. I probably did. <laughs> As so a salvation. Let me it. see. Let me tell you what's in here. There is a New Believers New Testament. Matter of fact, this is the first time I've opened it. Oh my gosh. I wanted to see what was in it, but this is the first time. Okay. You have a New Living Testament or translation, a New Believers Compact New Testament. So it's not even Old Testament. They don't want you to know what people used to do. <laughs> What's next? It's a little pamphlet in here that says, you know, you take part in weekly worship experiences. You make Bible reading and prayer a daily part of your life. Join a life group. Get baptized. Start serving. That's what what's next. And then there is a letter in here uh, from the your local campus pastor. There are some cards in here. Um, Bible X, an easy way to begin Studying the Bible, um, easy way to install and use. I don't know what this is for, but it, you scan it from your smartphone. That's actually not very smart because <laughs> I have no idea what that's for. Um, a card telling you that you can listen to uh, podcasts and an information CD. That's in their What's Next kit. That is better than what most churches do. Most churches in America, 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 they just send you on your way. They don't ever talk to you. They don't tell you what's next. They don't disciple you. And there might that's be some follow-up, like we want your phone number and maybe. address so we can keep you but informed. But that's, that's how we need to make baptism count. baptisms count. We need a disciple. We need to have a program in place for those people who, want, who are serious about you know raising their hand or, or saying that sinner's prayer while everybody's head is bowed, eyes closed. Uh, and it's to it's hard to like up with. look back in my life and see how many people have been led to Christ, said the prayer, were baptized, and they're not involved in church. And some of them not even they're like against the church. And and it's hard to see like where did we do wrong like. That's, I think, where you kind of – That I think you're right. The discipleship side of it is something we're so consumed with getting the new people that um, – We let the existing people It's like we're suffer. expecting them. We got them to say the prayer. They're baptized. We're covered on our end. They're going to heaven. But most likely they're, they're probably not. You know, They probably have never actually surrendered their life. Their life. Right. And then – and that's hard because none of us deserve – eternal life and so there's times when my life like i'll make the dumbest decisions sometimes and i'm like how is god still <laughs> letting me going to heaven so 
Uh, one thing with this baptism, obviously, we're talking salvation ties into this. So I wanted to ask you: Do you believe once saved, always saved? The Baptist answer is yes. I don't want Baptist. I want your answer, Justin. I think, I think so. Yes. Okay. I do too. I believe yes. Once saved, always saved. But I do believe there is a but on mine. But you have to be serious. Yeah, it's not just they mean say it the, the words. first time. Right. You have to truly mean it in your heart. And with that, you know, true confession comes an outwardly change as well. Mm-hmm. And that is how you can gauge. I believe that is how you can gauge if you're a Christian or not. One time uh, when I was on staff at a church, we were looking at trying to go to a different church camp. And we are looking at renting out a camp. And <laughs> it was this Assembly of God church. And he was like, yeah, we uh, with our church is uh, – this camp is four weeks, four days long, four days a week. Um, there's uh, four um, – there's there's 300 students um, that go to this, so we have 1,200 salvations <laughs> a week because <laughs> they get saved every day. Wow. Ha <laughs> ha. He was he was obviously saying that right. as a joke, but uh, real quick, I want to get your stance on it, Dusty. Should we be baptized? Yes or no? Yes, of course. All right, me too. I believe yes. Uh, God has called us to be baptized. All right, that is our stance. Do not think that we are saying baptism is worthless got it <laughs> you're so worried about what people think of you well because you know people and and this is just you know as recent as two weeks ago you know people took what we said out of context and when they came, approached us personally they you know personally said that our view was in line with the book our view is not in line with this book so well all right at, at some points it is at points yes <laughs> okay but I want to make sure that we bluntly say what our view is. All right, what's the next? Lord's next Supper. Let's chapter talk about two, Lord's Supper. or chapter next, or half the chapter nine half B. Chapter. Uh, Lord's Supper. I'm Baptist. We should eat. We should eat. Uh, <laughs> what this book says is it was a full meal, and we have turned it into a cup of grape juice and a tasteless, uh, bite-sized cracker. And I think one of the things he has a problem with is that the clergy are the ones who perform the ceremony. Um, and, and, you know, I was, I was thinking about this. I've done, like, a Jewish Passover meal before, and I think it's a culture thing. Like, that's – they had meals for all, all those kind of stuff. And so we don't sit down and eat a piece of pizza and, and take a moment to say, all right, uh, the crust on this bread represents, you know, Christ's body. The wine that we're drinking represents his blood. So I don't know. We don't really use it as a full meal thing today. I think we – We've think made it quick and dirty. We made it quick and dirty. The thing I'm challenged with um, and really my stance on the Lord's Supper is I'm every time I go visit my in-laws in Houston, whether we're going camping, before we leave, just the four of us, we always take the Lord's Supper together. It's nothing crazy. You know, it's not a drawn-out experience. We don't have a pastor come and perform the ceremony for us. And every time I go, every time we do it, like, I'm so challenged by it when I'm, you know, I'm like, man, I should I should take communion with my friends more often if we're hanging out somewhere, just, just remembering who brought us together and, you know, why we're even here. 
it just challenges me, you know. And yeah, I always forget until the next time I go visit them. And I'm like, dang it, I should have done the Lord's Supper with my friend Andrew. But I didn't. All right. Uh, how many times did Jesus partake in the Lord's Supper? Oh, gosh. One? Once. I don't know if this is in the book. I listen to the book, and at times I start tuning him out because of his, <clears throat> what I say is ignorance. Obviously, he's not ignorant because he is very knowledgeable on this subject. But since I don't agree with him, I'm going to say his ignorance. Because that's what we do when we don't agree with people. We just put them down, right? Anyways, Jesus only partook in uh, the Lord's Supper once. So do we have a need to partake in it, you know, once a quarter or once a month? or? Well, and that's I think that's part of what he has a problem with is it is a ceremonial thing that we just do in most churches. It's once a quarter. Um, I wouldn't be opposed of doing it anytime we do a gathering together. Right. You know, like because truly it's just, you know, we're doing this in in remembrance and in honor of Christ. Yeah. I mean, I don't believe that the wine becomes really his blood. Right. I think it's funny that we've replaced wine with grape juice, <laughs> you know, but um I don't I don't think the cracker becomes the body or whatever. But I I do think it should be done more often. More often than four times a year. And I think it should be done way more often outside of church than inside a ceremony service. I agree. It should be done more outside than you know, inside. Now, at the same time, I also believe, and most churches believe this, and this is probably, you know, I'm not necessarily in line with a lot of doc, uh, you know, organized doctrine. But I do believe that... Uh, it, it has a special meaning, and so if you're not a Christian and you haven't truly given your heart to Christ, I don't believe you should partake in it because of its meaning, its deeper meaning. Some people probably disagree with me on that, saying it's just bread and crackers or crackers and juice, but at the same time, it's a Okay, mean. so if they don't partake in it, we say, when do we tell them it's okay to partake in it? When they truly are a believer and they truly give their life to Christ. When do we know when that truly happens? Only they do. And so they have to have honor and integrity to either do it or not do it. Which I, I really don't think, I think the book, it might've been this book or might've been like a Francis Chan thing or something I listened to, but it was talking about the way that they did, when it talks about like taking it right, like doing what you just said, doing the back, you know, the Lord's right. Supper correctly. One of the things was like that people weren't waiting because it was like a, a process of everybody getting their food. And it was like some people were getting drunk on the wine because they just were more about the wine than they were about the bread or whatever. But I don't know. That was kind of weird. So there's another uh, argument to the Lord's Supper as well. You know, this is to commemorate Jesus' death on the cross. You know, we break bread. Uh, the bread represents his body. The juice represents his blood and so why isn't this just done once a year instead of quarterly or you know once a month uh, you know and on the day or on the you know around the time in which jesus was crucified so uh there's a uh, i do believe there is abuse uh, if you can abuse the lord's supper um and and i believe you can 
because some churches may use that to get people there. Hey, we're going to do a Lord's Supper in two weeks. Hey, next week we're partaking in Lord's Supper. You know, tell everybody, bring them all. And, uh, you know, why not just do it once a year? Well, and I, another thing he has a problem is is how reverent it is. Right. You know, like you, you play the soft music, you dim the lights, you have the candlelight. And he's like, this was a joy, a celebration. We're celebrating, you know. Yes. Um, and yet we always put this like gloomy kind of thing. And um, he's kind of saying that it's kind of like a celebration party get together, you know. And anytime we do that, you know, you let's pray before we do this. Let's pray before we do that. And so you, you just kind of naturally create this silent, I don't know, atmosphere. And so I, I think that's that's something to think of, you know, maybe look into when we celebrate what Christ did for us. Bring a little more joy into it sometimes. Book actually does not necessarily speak against the Lord's Supper, but it doesn't speak for the Lord's Supper. I, I think it's just trying. He's trying to uh, explain it. Explain yeah. it, and he, he does have some feelings. Like he does obviously feel like um, that we should practice baptism in a different way. Yes, it does, and things like that, but. Nothing, nothing that I'm so like shocked by, honestly. Right. right, especially not after reading his last few chapters. So that's gonna do it for us this week. Hope to tune in next week, where we talk about we discuss the final chapter of Christian the book. education. Yes, swelling the cranium. <laughs> if you guys have any ideas of what you want us to do next after this book, let us know. We already have a few ideas, but um. Let us know what you would, what you want to hear. Also, please help us by sharing this podcast and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio would be awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Bible Belt.